unicorns and sprinkles and candy floss. It really, it really isn't. It really isn't. It's human nature. People will make us angry at times. Things will stress us out. We will get sad. Um, it's how we deal with it determines the person we are and what we will go on to be. Hello, I am Joel Ingram, and this is Crisis to Crushing It podcast. Let's dive into this week's talk, and I'll help to increase perspective, expand perception, and allow you to change your reality. Enjoy the show. Does, um, does, does your book contain um any um uh, exercises or anything that you could maybe share um or stuff so, you so what have i learned um so my, in my book um in the in the um third part um i have listed all my self-help tips and actually they're on my website and it's just things that worked for me to help me get through the depression and the bad days um, and websites and, and books that help me. But um, what, what I've learned, um, never give up. Never give up. Your second thing is do not for one minute think you are the only one in the world. You are not alone. No. 83%, 83% of people in the world have a depression. 83%. So if one in five kids have a mental illness and one in four adults, just go into your local shopping center and look at all the masses of people or even go into your school and think, wow, one in five kids, one in, one in four adults, how many people are that, are, are there? Think about it, right? You're not the only one. There's, there's so many. The other thing I would say is, please 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 reach out to someone if you're not comfortable reaching out to your parents is there a teacher a school counselor a best friend your friend's mum your coach someone in the activity center a neighbor a grandparent there has to be someone an adult figure that you feel a connection to a trust and trust is huge because you are going to confide and so you don't want judgment. But you need to open up to someone about what you're going through. And you, I mean, as an adult, I say you need to go and talk to your doctor and you need to get counseling or whatever is recommended. And if medications are recommended at the beginning, Yes, take them. It does not mean you're on them for the rest of your life. I'm, I'm actually weaning off my antidepressants. Oh, did you find uh, them? Because I struggled on them. Uh, weaning or on antidepressants? On, on them. And so the thing is, is that, you see, what antidepressants are, are what we would call an adjuvant medication. They're a support medication. They're not going to cure the depression or the, the mental illness. Now, bipolar disorder and schizophrenia have to be maintained with medication because of the delusions, hallucinations, the mood swings. With the depression, in the very acute stages, I found it to be very helpful because um, the depressant, 
the antidepressant I was put on had dopamine and my dopamine L uh, was obviously low. The dopamine increased and that gave me the ability to actually get enough oomph to start kind of doing things. Um, so, you know, so, okay, I need to go and get counseling. I, I need to get up and stay up all day and maybe start doing things. Um, whereas in the two weeks prior, it was like, I was so inert. I didn't, I didn't even feel I could move. And in the book, I say, if you want to retire to bed and, you know, be a hermit for two weeks, that's fine. But if you don't get out of bed in two weeks, you're, you're done. You're going down that dark place that you may never come out of. And so it is, you've got to get help. Um, antidepressants do not work for everyone. Um, there, there is treatment resistant depression. And at that point, this is where they're now doing studies such as, you're right, the brain gut, inflammation in the brain. That's huge. Um, with, with kids, that has worked wonderfully. They change their diet and give them uh, vitamins helps their mood because I mean I've just done two research papers today on inflammation in the brain and the connection um, and so diet and exercise is huge if you want if you want to start healing from a mental illness you've got to have a healthy diet you've got to restrict your access to smokes and drugs and booze because yeah. that does different things to the brain and and you really need to i think it's you the biggest thing is you must want to get better because to. right you because you're going to embark on a very hard path and it's going to be ups and downs um but if you truly want to get better then you'll start putting things into place to help you and it'll be like one task a day. Like I had, I had tasks of things I had to do because I existed minute by minute in the beginning. Then I went hour by hour and then I progressed to day by day. Um, but every single thing I needed to do from the moment I got up to where I went to bed with the time frame. And it was like eat, take your pills, drink a glass of water, wash the dishes. But. It, what it does, it, it gives you a sense of accomplishment and control because you feel like you've lost control. But ticking off everything is like, wow, I got through the day. Yeah. And then you go and you start again the next day. And, I mean, they've proven that journaling, writing does work because you're, it enables you to pour out all your innermost thoughts. And... What I found, I changed my journal and also then include gratitude thoughts, uh, and that's going to the mindfulness. And there's probably people that are sitting listening to this going, I can't write, and I can't express gratitude. And that's exactly how, I've always been a writer, so writing was easy for me. I always wrote to problem solve. Writing was easy for me. But it, it allows you to get rid of everything that's going on in your head and putting it on paper instead of allowing it to ferment. Because the longer it stays in your head, it just takes over. And one negative thought becomes 10, becomes 100, becomes 1,000. And it sets you into that self-destructive mode. And so write things down. Write about how your day was. And then think of something good. And the good may have been, I completed two tasks. I only cried three times. But if it's there, as you progress on your journey, when you have a really bad day, you can look back and see how far you've come. Yeah. 
It really yes. does. It really, it really does. I have so many journals because I started from day one of falling down the rabbit hole. And when I see how far I've come, if you see any inspiring quotes anywhere, write them down, put them on a, a note, pin them anywhere on the fridge, on the microwave, on the bathroom mirror. If it speaks to you, put it there and use it as your mantra. And believe it. I write an inscription in my in my book. It says, believe anything is possible. Never stop believing. Just believe. Nice. I like that. Right. It's, that's what kept me going. Mm. I had to believe every single day I would get out of the rabbit hole and it would get better. And when I faced the suicide and came close, afterwards, you know you don't want to die. Suicide is not a coward's way out of giving up the fight. It isn't that at all. It's because the pain and the, the, the torture in your head is so much that you just want everything to stop. You, you just don't feel you can go on for the rest of your life feeling like this. And it's to end the pain. And that's what everyone says. It's to end the pain. And so it's, it's believe it will get better. You have to hold on to hope. You absolutely do. Because without hope, you have nothing. And so it's believe it will get better. And in my book, I said, I had nobody. I had nobody. And I had no choice, right? I had to get out of bed to eat. I had to get out of bed to go and see the doctor. I had to do things to live. And if I can do it on my own, then anyone can do it. You absolutely can. You just have to want to do it and you have to believe that it will get better, that this is just only a temporary um, detour in your life's journey, for want of a better word. And by the time you come out of it, I promise you, you will be changed forever. You really will. You will be a different person. I have every single person who has gone through something like this or a traumatic event or abuse or even if it was anxiety or post-traumatic stress, whatever they've had going on, when they get to a stage where they feel they can reclaim their life, the mental illness is still there. Like I still have depression, but you, you learn to accommodate it into your life. You learn to recognize it and, and deal with it when the bad things happen. Um, they've all said they're a different person. And every single one of them wrote it down. And you could be the worst writer in the, in the world. It doesn't matter. Remember, these are your private thoughts. They're only with you. Right? Mm. It's, it's you. It's your tool to get to moving forward. And everyone becomes more mindful because in order to appreciate your day and see progress, you become more conscious of what is good in the world. So gratitude changes from, I took my pills and I only cried three times to, I stood up, I went outside for a walk and I saw the most beautiful tree with amazing colored leaves. Or I saw all these flowers. Or I went to the store and this lady opened, held open the door for me and gave me the, the nicest smile ever and said, hello, gratitude. It's those 
kinds of things. It's the simple things. It's not, oh, I went outside and there was a BMW in the driveway. Yay, I'm healed. No, that's not gratitude, right? That will not fill what you are missing in you. And it's, it's not even missing in your life. It's what you were trying to do to get yourself back on track to healing. And when you come out of it, you are forever changed. You went through the, right? Yeah. The program. Yeah. It, 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 uh, and, and I know there's people there that are going, oh, hokey, hokey, hokey. Ooh, you know, crystals and incense and all that. It's not that. It's not that. I'm not, it, it's not you suddenly have this soul's awakening. It evolves over time that you can feel the changes occur within you. And then you're in situations where you, you, you're you very conscious that you have approached them so differently to how you used to. Yeah, and, I know actually. Yeah. And that's when you've recognized you've experienced that growth. Mm. And and you, you become different in how you deal with people, how you see things happen in the world. And, and kindness, it, it's, a, it's a weird word. We're, we need to be kinder to one another. The world has forgotten what kindness is. Kindness is something as simple as smiling and holding open the door, helping someone lift their groceries into a car. That's kindness. Hmm. Right? I know. My, my boy has come home a couple of times and said, uh, this teacher or that teacher hates me. And I asked him, I said, do, do you know, do you know that, do you know that teacher well? And he's like, oh, no, whatever. And it's just like disinterested. I said, do you know if his wife is okay or if his mother's ill? Mm-hmm. Do you know if he's been up all night looking after his mother or his, you know, his child? And then I just leave it with him. <laughs> and uh, but it is, and you, a switch. you know, I spoke to a gentleman from England yesterday, and um, is is going through a horrendous bereavement, um, the loss of his son many many years ago, and is struggling to understand why his daughter. Has, uh, is no longer talking to him and then became a little negative. And I said, I understand, but have you thought for one moment how she felt losing her brother? And that the last thing she happened before he died was they had an argument. Yeah. I said, so have you actually thought what she is living day to day? Your pain is her pain, but she's also got something that she needs to deal with. And maybe her way of dealing with it means that she can't connect with you right now because she is dealing with her demons of struggling to understand what's what's going on. And so it's always never judge a book by its cover. And And it's true, right? It's not you. When someone is angry at you, it's not you. It's them. But look at why they are angry. Mm. Right? Did you did did they say hello and you didn't hear and you walked away and they're hurt? Yeah. Right? Or is it because they've just been told they've ha- they've got three months left to live? Or their wife has just walked out on them. You don't know what's in that other person's world and so it's don't judge you know go back with kindness i think the the judging bit is spot on and i think once we can flick out of the judgment thing into a state of compassion 
it's, exactly. it's, it's that thought of is that person suffering and that's the better thought of that person hates me choose the better thought exactly yeah. and, and if and if you are strong enough or feel confident enough you can say to the person you you seem to be really angry lately you must be in a lot of pain is there a lot going on in your life you know and they may tell you or they may just say yes but i don't want to talk about it and at that point you just say i'm i'm really sorry to hear that but i want you to know if ever you need to talk hmm. i'm here for you no judgment 100% confidential because that's what people need to know no judgment confidential because we're still the same right we may be in big cities but we still have that where we don't want the neighbors to know what's going on right you know sh sh don't let them know that and the, the irony is they already know except they've blown, blown it up tenfold because you haven't clarified so they've made up their own stories to go with it um, but it's it's just saying you know what here's my number or text me phone me or you ever want to go for a coffee or go to the you know i mean go to the pub and have a chat yeah i'll be there right it's it's just letting them know and sometimes it then allows them an opportunity to look at their own behavior and think okay yeah i guess i didn't realize i was coming across as short tempered you know because right because lots of people will say I mean, I've always been the talent like it is. So if someone is mean to me, I'll just say, okay, so what's going on? And lots of times they'll say, I didn't even realize I did that. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. And that's another thing, right? The guy that cut you off. Why are you personalizing it? Maybe he didn't even realize he was doing that because maybe he is so late for a meeting that all he's thinking of is if I don't get there, I'm going to get fired. Right, or he may be driving home from the hospital after being told he's got one month left to live, mm. and he's distracted. Yes, it is an, a nuisance, and yes, it could have been potentially dangerous, but you don't know, so don't personalize it. No, right? It, it's crazy how we do that, isn't it? Yeah. I know. It's it, and it's like why? Why do we? Why can we have ten things said to us today? Nine of them are wonderful, positive affirmations and compliments, and one thing is negative. But guess what we do? We sit there and we stew about the one negative thing, and we've forgotten about the nine positives that other people have told us. Yeah, I know. There's a gentleman named Stephen Truelove who pointed that out for me. He's the one that he's the gentleman that helped me when I was struggling, and uh, right. actually enabled me to realise that I actually had a choice with my thoughts. Right? And it's like, why? Okay, so in math, we know that nine is greater than one. We were taught that in school. So why are you suddenly saying in your world, one is greater than nine? Yeah, good point. Right? Yeah. And, and it is. It's so true. We, we, we are our own worst enemies if we allow our minds to do that. Hmm. And it's, it's, it's retalk. It's, it's retalking to and retraining ourselves to say, well, okay, you can, you said one mean thing, but wow, 
I had nine wonderful things said to me today. So there you go. Guess I win. I had nine, right? I mean, even if you want to get like that, it's yeah. like, really? That's all you got? I mean, I got nine good things here. Yeah. No, and right. it is. It's, you know, and that's what we should be te teaching our kids as well, right? You know, okay, so he said that one mean thing, but what else? Tell me something really good that happened to you today. And that's what I said to the boy when he was sobbing his heart out that he couldn't, he couldn't get out of the rabbit hole. And I said, tell me something good that happened today. And he goes, there's nothing good in my life. And I said, really? You can't think of anything? And he goes, no, there's nothing good. And I said, come on. You got this hot woman in her 50s with her arms around you and you're crying into her shoulder. That's not good. And he started laughing and laughing and laughing. And I said, that's your good thing for the day. You can go around and say to your friends, hey, see her? Well, she actually hugged me, right? Yeah. <laughs> right? And, and then I said, so what else could happen today? And he was like, okay, I see it. Yeah, my mom, my mom said, gave me a kiss and said she loved me when she dropped me off at school. I said, that's your good thing for the day. I said, that's what you, I said, when you're feeling really, really bad, think about what could happen to you today. And he was like a different person. I mean, it just stopped crying. And he said, I'm, I'm, I'm okay now. I can go to class. And he got up. And he sent me. Yeah. Right. And off he went. And I gave him my number and said, mom could call me and, you know, and go to my website and all that. And then about an hour later, as I was packing up ready to go, the bell had rung and they were all leaving school. And he passed by the library and he saw me and he jumped up and down and he was smiling and waving. Nice. Nice job. And, right. And it, but it was just that taking a moment to think, oh, my day's been so bad. It's the worst day ever. Is it really? Is it really? Think about one good thing that happened. It could have been that you had the best apple pie that you've had in days, right? Or you sneaked a piece of chocolate and it just melted in your mouth and you're like, oh, I love this. But that's a good thing, right? Think about, think about that. Don't think of the, oh, well, my boss said, yeah, you're going to get a raise. No, you have to go for the little things, right? And I, I think once we start switching that and, and getting our kids to think like that, you start evolving and you become a, a nicer person, right? a kinder, more understanding, but supportive person because you help yourselves, but you're more willing to help others if you recognize things, right? Because mm. kids always want to share things. Yeah. You know? You're, right? You're feeling bad? Okay. Well, when I feel bad, this is what I do. Do you want to try it? I've seen kids do that. You know, when someone's crying and go over and say, it's okay. Come with me and let's play tag. And you're yeah, okay. And off they go, right? Mm. It's so, yeah, it's, it's the, it's the little things. It really is. It's the little things that are the most meaningful and people have lost sight of that. And I think we have to get back to those core values if we're going to keep going. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. Values give me massive clarity as well. That's another aspect of uh, mm -hmm. what helped me. Cause I'd never even hear the values until, uh, until I, I ended, I went into this mastermind. So yeah, so I mean, some 
some good takeaways there, uh, Tracy. No. Well, it is. I mean, if kids don't even know what values are, but if you instill values into your kids, what are important to you? Well, kindness. Okay, well, how do we show kindness? Um, respect. Well, how do we show respect? If kids have values and they stay true to them, they become much better people when they go into their adult years. They're, they're, they're much kinder in school. They're the ones that stand up against the bullies when they, when they see that child being picked up. They're the ones that actually go up and say, this is not acceptable because they have values. Yeah. My boy, my boy did exactly that today, actually, for one of his mates who was, uh, for a, against a six former, so he's like three years older than him. <laughs> I know, but isn't that, but again, it, you see, it's values because you're standing for something that means something to you. And if you stay true to your values, then you will continue getting stronger and you will continue to move ahead. Yeah. If you have no values, where do you even know what to begin? That's right. right. Yeah. Right? So I think that's awesome. All the power to him, right? Yeah. And you know that there were others that watched on the sidelines that were thinking, wow, that showed him. Good yeah. for him. Yeah. Right? And he's gained a different level of respect now because he did that. Yeah. No, you're right. It's, uh, hopefully you'll feel the empowerment of that. Obviously, not directly, but I mean, it's at a deeper level within himself, you know, the, the fact he had the confidence to do it. And, and he did something that was right. Yeah. It was it was the right thing to do, and booyah! I say, yeah. <laughs> wow, good so, for yeah. him. You know, you've um, you've I love the way you've taken it today. It's uh, you sort of reminded me of what I what I was hoping to do a few years ago. I wanted to go into a local college and and talk about my journey and uh, and because I know in when I was in college, I was going through all these types of things. But I would never have gone to the school counselor. It just, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have entertained it. Do you know what I mean? It's just, I probably would have, what did I do? Yeah, I kept it to myself. And I was going to say, you probably internalized it and it festered. It festered. And do you know what it manifested as? Cluster headaches. Oh, yes. Yes, that's <laughs> headaches, stomach troubles, aches and pains. They're all attributing that to, your brain hanging on to stuff which is toxic and it does absolutely i, I was ill for years i mean like yeah. you know four or five years i was struggling with these things taking medications that was to wipe me out and i couldn't function on them uh and the, it's crazy you could it's the pain of a cluster headache is probably the only time my children have seen me cry because it's yeah. that in, you know I, I, and it's funny, I used to have cluster headaches too. The most, <laughs> oh, the most incapacitating, like, take me to emergency. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's crazy how, how that can come from. And the, the, this, the gentleman I told you about earlier on, Stephen uh, Trulove, he, he did Yes, some, I know Stephen. You know, you know Stephen? I know Stephen, yeah. Ah. yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Okay. Small but he's, world. But he, but he has the same philosophy, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I've known Stephen for a couple of years. We did a course online um, based out of the States um, about two years ago. 
Oh, wow. That's mad. Yeah. Because you touched on something in the beginning. You mentioned about being dementia and stuff, and, and he's take, he went, he's gone that sort of route with his... That's right. That's how we connected through Dan Nightingale, who lives in the States, but is, but is um, um, also in the UK. He comes to give talks. Oh, wow. And so that's how Stephen and I connected. We were both doing Dan's course, and then we connected on LinkedIn and Facebook. Uh, so yeah, I know. I'm I'm heading when well, I'm I'm heading to the UK in uh, July. So yeah, I'm going to see Stephen. Oh, fantastic! Yeah. But well, here's another one. Then so Stephen used to work where I currently work. Oh, is that right? It's so, a small yeah, world. It's very small world. Yeah, that's crazy. I can't believe you actually know him. <laughs> Isn't that funny? <laughs> I, I mean, this is so funny because when you come to Canada, people say, "Oh, you're from Wales." Well, do you know? Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. You know, and the weirdest thing was one one lady said to me one day, and I actually didn't know the person. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, do you know this guy? And I'm like, oh my god, yes. <laughs> First time is it, and last time it'll ever happen. <laughs> oh, no. As I was saying, so Stephen, it was it was the one that uh, I forgot what I was going to say. No way. But anyway, that's so, crazy. So he worked at, used to work at the place where you were working. He worked, yeah. I could, I'm still there. Um, I've moved roles. Um, but he was the one that was working, helping me work through things. And I believe it was his working with him that helped me shift the cluster headaches. Yes, because he's no. got a similar mindset to what yeah. we have now. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely, yes. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. So, uh, yeah, I um, yeah, I've had Stephen on as well. He's been actually he's been on the podcast as well. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. No, he's a he's a good guy, and yes, he's he's got the right philosophy. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, why do do you not feel um, confident enough now to go and share your story? Because there, the uh, the funny thing is, is that your story will resonate with so many that are sitting in that audience. Um, that's a very good question. Um. I'm I'm an open book. I'll be honest. Um, I don't like you said. You like there's a couple of things you touched on. Like keeping up with the Joneses. I don't play that game. No, um, neither do I. I've had I've had depression. I've taken the medications. I've contemplated wiping myself off so I can wife can have the money and pay for the yep. mortgage. Yeah. Um, so I, I've been there. I've done it. I don't keep nothing in. I don't go you know, telling anybody. But I mean, if I'm in a discussion, I'll be very open and very yeah. honest. Um, I don't know. That's a very good question. You. Pause for thought. I'll have to have a think on that. Uh, I've been, I've been, because when I come over, I'm giving talks. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'd have no problem. I, I did actually go on stage down Cardiff Bay, and and, and they had like these little slots where you could go and pitch out to an audience. Uh, and and I did a, like a, a six minute slot talking about my midlife crisis. Um, but that was good. I enjoyed that. Um, so I could do it. I don't know. I don't know why I haven't. Maybe it's whether the college is very close to the house, and I was thinking, would they even be interested in, you know, why? What what makes me the the person that they would listen to when they probably got a counselor in there, you know? Yeah, but but again, you've walked the walk. This is the huge difference. It doesn't matter how old you are, but primarily, definitely, with kids, teenagers, and young adults. They want to hear from someone who has been there, 
done that. Yeah. Right? The councillor may have, but again, the councillor has so many people to see how, what opportunity has there been to share the story and may not even be willing to share a story. When you bring in regular people like you and I, just regular Joes, and you say, okay, so let me tell you what I've been through. And everyone sits in the audience and I bet you every single person there will resonate with something that's happened to you. Some of them will have resonated with five things that happened, and there's going to be one or two that are mini versions of you in the audience. But this is life, right? And but it will resonate with with everybody. And then you open to questions, and that's the th thing. It's I could not believe when I went to that English class, it was nothing but questions and very articulate, very intelligent questions from 15-year-old kids who genuinely wanted to know what they could do and understand how to help and how to get help. Because when you're struggling and you feel like you're the only one and you almost even feel embarrassed, when there's somebody there that's saying, I'm actually putting myself out for the world to listen, and I'm proud of who I am and who I've become, and ask me anything, you're actually helping them in your response because they're asking you a question that they have been asking themselves. Mm. Right? What helped you? Who helped you? That person is then thinking, okay, well, if he tells me what helped him, I can maybe go home and try it and it will help me. Or who was that guy that helped you? Well, if I contact him, maybe he'll help me, right? Mm -hmm. They're not actually um, standing up and saying, I have depression and I need help. Right? They're just saying, okay, so, so what helped you? And then more people have confidence to put their arms up because they may be asking for another person, right? Yeah. Right? Like one one voice, you know, kept asking questions, and then finally he said, it's it's for my mom. I'm really worried about her, you know? And But it took him about five questions to finally say to the class, like, my mom's got really bad depression, and I'm worried about her. And everyone was so supportive. Yeah. It's funny you how know? that goes. Right? <laughs> And, and there was a couple of other kids there that said, my, well, my mum too, that she, she, you know, and, you know, we'd look across and they'd be like, well, can I talk to you later? And the kid was, yeah, yeah, well, you know, see me after school, right? But it does because all of a sudden it's like, wow, it's not just me. And, you know, I mean, this is the most powerful thing you can do if you're speaking to an audience. Yes, you ask them all to close their eyes and you start going through a series of questions. And I say, okay, if any of you have ever been abused, stand up. And because their eyes are closed, no one can see who's standing up. Right? Have any of you been sexually assaulted or raped? Have any of you attempted suicide? Do you know anyone who's committed suicide? Do you have a mental illness? Do you think you have? Do you know anyone who has? Right? Have you been bullied? And you go through like, it's about six questions. And what you find is that at the end, every single person in the audience has stood up. Mm. 
And then you say, open your eyes and look around. And they all look around and every single person has gone through something that I mentioned. They don't know who's the one who's been raped or who's the one who attempted suicide, but they know every single one has had some traumatic event that's impacted them. And all of a sudden, it's like there's a kingmanship there, this kinship, right? Because it's like, I'm not the only one in the room. And that's, at that point, everything changes in the room because all of a sudden, they've let their guard down because they can honestly say when they go home, I wasn't the only one. Every single person, even if they, they call themselves crazy, they can say, well, I went, well, I sat there with 40 of us. We were all crazy. Right. But it's that connection of I'm not the only one. Yes. Uh, and somebody, maybe someone you worked with or someone you looked up to in school or someone who's, you know, really popular in the community. And you can say, you know, that Joe is there as well. I wonder what's going on with him. But he he stood up, too. So it, it's like, OK, we're human. Mm. Yeah. Right. We all have different call it what you will different demons something in our lives that is impacting us and is hurting us that we need help with and once you identify that you're not alone it gives you more confidence that you can then follow through on getting help mm. and and being more more supportive i think it it gives you an insight into understanding people a little bit better when you're then walking around thinking, wow, I wonder how many of these people are hurting. I wonder if it's all of them. Yeah. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'm, a, I'm, I'm an empath by nature anyway, so it's, you tend to pick up on... Exactly, um, right? You know. <laughs> no, but you do, <laughs> the same. I mean, you you just know, but I mean, really... The only person that can truly stand up and say a hundred percent truth, I don't experience any of these emotions, is a psychopath. They, and, and we laugh, but they are truly devoid of emotions. They yeah. are. Yeah. And again, that is a very serious mental illness and it, it's very difficult to treat. Um, but it's the, the psychopath who is devoid of all emotions. Every single person has emotions and everyone has bad days. Fact. Don't anyone say, oh, I, I'm happy all the time. Really? When you stub your foot against the dresser drawer, you go, oh, happy. I express gratitude today. My, my toe is alive. <laughs> I, I call bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I know. It's, right? uh, and, and this goes back to the social media thing. Then, when we're we're comparing, you know, to these to the to the dream lives of our of our friends, but we haven't got a freaking clue what's going through with their lives or financial exactly. Business, you know? exactly, you know. So yes, it's honestly do not compare because what is seemingly perfect and idyllic, ninety nine point nine times. Um, harbors some sinister things going on there. Mm. It mm. really does, right? Whether or not it's abuse or drugs or alcohol or even just unsupportive parents, you know? Um, do not think that it's all unicorns and sprinkles and 
candy floss. <laughs> it really isn't. It really isn't. It's human nature. People will make us angry at times. Things will stress us out. We will get sad. Um, it's how we deal with it determines the person we are and what we will go on to be, right? And the more you suppress it, it's going to come out in some way sooner or later. The brain can't handle overload. It really can't. No. And, you know, and so it's, it's, it's really look after yourself in every way, right? We say look after your health, but it's look after your brain. Treat your brain well because then it will function all everything else in the body will function way better and you'll be a much nicer person and a better person if you treated your brain well yeah and thinking back to what you said earlier on about physical exercise in schools they're just becoming it's been it's been long uh, integral to the schooling system to have p and the benefits of physical education yes yes but it's not I, you know my hope for the future is that the mental health aspect comes into it. Oh, and that is that is what I am advocating, screaming, yeah. shouting. We, if we want to give our kids a fighting chance, let's educate them on mental health as early as possible and, con and let's continue it right through until their brains are fully developed. Right. And, and another aspect then, which was, I don't know, would, right, so listen to this then. So PE, mental health, food where would you would you where would you put that food that we put into the school system bear in food? mind yeah with regard to you said that they changed the diets of children and that's been shown to be beneficial yes and so well i mean it's a known fact that sugary foods and fast foods and are so laden with fat and chemicals i mean too much sugar is not good for the brain period um, and they found um, some of that in some studies that, with regards to dementia, the, the kind of dietary intake. But, I mean, sugary foods and too much sugar causes an inflammation process in the brain. Um, also, it makes you totally hyper. It also makes you go high and low and crash. And when you crash, you get mean. When you get addicted to sugar, when you don't get your sugar fix, you get really mean, mm. <laughs> right? Mm. And it's not good. You know, school dinners um, or if they have the um, – if you can just serve yourself in the cafeteria or if they have, you know, all the different – the vending machines. Um, no, in schools – Kids should just be, they should just be offering water, honestly. Like it should be water. You've got to hydrate yourself, not sodas. Uh, you know, it's up to the parents after that to determine what diet the kids follow at home. But in school, it should be a healthy mind diet, a diet that's good for the whole body. And we need to move away from French fries and burgers, you know, being served in schools. They should have the opportunity to have fruits and salads and veggies if they are going to eat at school and not bring maybe a packed lunch with them. But we need to move away from that because you're setting themselves up to crash mid-afternoon and be good for nothing. So if the, if the hardest class of the day is in the afternoon, you've lost your kids. Yeah, absolutely. Right? If, they've, yeah. if they've had burgers and fries and a cola yeah. at lunch, <laughs> 
and now the biggest class of the day which they have to pass in order to leave school is in the afternoon well they failed already really yeah it's it's crazy how it's all set up isn't it it is and so you know i mean and i in the states they're starting um in new york they've already taken that on um vending machines are banned um healthy diet mental health classes and it's mandatory every single kid in the school has to take a mental wellness class good and they've stopped and virginia has now um, picked that up and california is working on it and that's what they need to do they're trying to do the same in canada we're not getting anywhere because canada is a follower not a leader so it waits for the states in the uk they need to do the same in the uk yeah and once they start doing that, they're going to see that they don't need to pressurize the kids to have better grades. It will happen because they have a better attention span and they're more alert. But if they're also mentally healthy and able to manage their emotions, you're not going to have that kind of um, reaction and behaviors and bullying and um, kids. Start, you're always going to have the different kid, for want of a better word. that That's human nature. But you're not going to have classfuls of um, rebellious kids that are throwing things around or, you know, talking back disrespectfully to the teacher. Um, we've kind of got to get back to those kind of core principles again of teaching kids respect mm-hmm. and expectations of what they, what is right when they go to school. And, I mean, come on. We spend the better part of our life in school. Mm, yeah. Right? Mm. And so we have got to start building on that and teaching them good values and accept what is acceptable and unacceptable behavior and what is ethically and morally right and what is wrong. And a healthy diet exercise is all part of that. It's, it's right? You become what you put into your body. You're putting good food full of nutrients. You're, you're hydrated because you're drinking lots of water. You're going to be a better You will be mentally, physically, cognitively more alert and well. Yeah. Instead of going into sugar by the end of the afternoon and then you're going home and then you quaff a mini pizza and a chocolate bar and then you're like, oh, all right. And then the parents are like, ah. And it's like, well, no, let's start at, let's start at the basics. Yeah, no, absolutely. I feel like we could talk all day. I'll, uh... <laughs> and this is the this is the issue. I mean, I've done so many podcasts, and this is the thing. As soon as you start talking about it, and the awareness of what is going on around, and it's happening globally, and recognizing like what do we need to start doing? It's such a common issue, and this is why I think you know the more with podcasts like yours. We've got to keep, for want of a better word, throwing it in people's faces. And they'll gripe and they'll moan and they'll grow. But it's like, but this is our reality. You're missing the point. This is our reality. You know, ISIS and your refugees are part of your reality, but this is up front and center. You know, this is what's going on right now under your noses, in your homes, in your schools, in your community. And... Don't don't fret about that. Let the people deal with that. Take care of your own house. Yeah. Yeah. And, and 
right? And help your kids become the generation that will support you when you get older and if needs to, will stand up and fight for the people and the country. Yeah. I, I read something the other day that said the greatest thing a parent can do or to try and change the world is love their children. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Tracy, I, I think I'll, I'll wrap it up here. I'm going to invite you back on, if I may, at a later date. Because there's a ton of questions I didn't get to. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone always says that because once you start opening the door, it goes off on a different track because there's so much. But yeah, maybe when, I, when I'm in the UK, we can do one. Oh, brilliant. Okay, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, I wanted to give the, the, the you know, the, your voice to this platform because it's, it's important and it needs to be discussed. So I didn't want to divert as much as I had intended. So I think we've had a good discussion. I will hopefully give people pause for thought and uh, absolutely a couple of thoughts. Uh, yeah. yeah. And yeah, go, go tell your kids how much they mean to you. Yeah, absolutely. So where, where can uh, my audience find you and on what platforms? So I'm on all social media platforms, but all they need to do is go to my website, www.tracymaxfield.com. All the social media links are at the bottom. Information about me, my book, all the podcast, all the things I've done, what's coming up, info, um, loads of articles, children, teenager, mental illness, bullying, suicide. It's like one-stop shopping. <laughs> okay, fantastic. Tracy, I want to say I appreciate you and the work you're doing. And I'd like to thank you for your time today. It's been uh, welcome. thoroughly enjoyable having you on. And you haven't lost the Welsh tang. It's still there. <laughs> it's funny. I did, I did um, a, a live radio show out of the States um, over a year ago. And it was broadcast in Britain. And some of my girlfriends that I went to nursing school with sent me a message and said, you can't call yourself Welsh on radio. You don't even sound Welsh. <laughs> like, well, I think I do. <laughs> yeah, st still have the accent. It may not be valley strong, but it's still there. It's still indeed, indeed. Well, thank you again, Tracy. So, thank you for listening today. I hope you enjoyed it. My name is Joel Ingram, and I am a certified NLP coach. I help passionate, resourceful and professional people who feel stuck and unfulfilled with aspects of life to rewrite their narrative and chronicle a new, engaging and captivating future. Please subscribe if you found benefit. Yeah, that's it. I'll, uh, I'll wrap it up there. Um, so what's the, what's the plan for you now, this afternoon? Um, I am going to run some errands because it's only quarter to two in the afternoon here, so we're still in the early day, early part of the day. Nice. Okay, fantastic. I've, I've loved okay. our chat today. Thank you again. It's uh, My pleasure. It's been really good. So, uh, and, I'll, and I continue, will continue to follow your stuff on LinkedIn too. And, uh, okay. Lovely job. Tracy, thank you very much. Awesome. Thank you so much. Have a good one. You too. Speak soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.